Welcome back to the Call in Our Shop podcast. We are live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Austin, joined by Logan. And normally we're here with our friend Sam, but we had to give him the boot off the podcast after his picks, after his upset picks, man. He had told you guys to bet on the Titans. Now we can't allow that, but all joking aside, maybe he'll be back next weekend. He was just busy tonight. Logan, how are you doing? And if you're new to the channel, click that subscribe button. We appreciate it. We just passed 14,000 subscribers and we did our 14,000 subscriber parlay giveaway. And that is why we are here today. I'm wearing Kristaps Porzingis jersey. And if you are either new to the channel and you're like, why is this guy wearing a Kristaps jersey? This is an NFL video. This is a podcast. Kristaps Porzingis, we did our 14,000 parlay. And he was the one leg that didn't hit. And it was a it was a barn burner. It hurts. But Logan, how are you doing today? Well, you know, <laughs> I, w- I was alongside, you know, you last night. We were going back and forth texting. And I, I, I just, I haven't had a parlay with so much hype. There were so many people all in the DMs just rooting us on, and, and we all wanted to see that parlay cash. So I was doing better if that if that parlay would have cashed. We'd all be rich. Um, but you know what? It is it is what it is. That is gambling in a nutshell. Just so close yet so far away. You know, I, I know you probably had trouble sleeping because you're like, <laughs> what could I have tweaked in that parlay to possibly have, have, have made it cash? Yeah. Don't trust Kristaps Porzingis, I guess. Yeah, I, I learned my I lesson. I learned my lesson. I, and, I, and I did. It was tough to go to sleep last night. You know, I really wanted to cash for the people and pay yeah. out the winnings. But hey, when we get to 15,000 subscribers, we're going to do another one. So click that subscribe button. We're closing in. We're already a quarter of the way there. So we appreciate all you guys love, but yeah, it was tough. It was tough to sleep last night. I was just thinking, you know, what if I just did Jared Allen a double, double in a win? Like that would have been plus 300 value, which is what Kristoff's leg was. It hurts. It hurts a lot, but <laughs> we're going to get, we're going to get back after it. We're going to start doing more parlays in the videos, but today we're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about NFL week 12 takeaways, talk about week 13, give our upset picks. We're also going to talk about college football, maybe even and answer your guys' social questions that you sent to us on Twitter. So make sure you're following us on all our social medias down below. We appreciate you guys all showing that love, but without further ado, we're going to push Chris Stapps Porzingis aside and we're going to get the show rolling. And I'm Logan, I'm going to let you start it off with your biggest takeaway from this weekend in the NFL. You know, the, you know Sam Sam is not here, so someone's got to tote the, the Green Bay Packers love. What I saw from Aaron Rodgers was an absolutely great performance. I, I feel like everyone should run out and, and bet him to be the MVP uh, favorite because I, at the time, you know, we're recording this video, Tom Brady is. But Aaron Rodgers is a man on a mission, as, as Sam and, and the narrative's been on this podcast most of the year. Some of the throws he was making versus the Rams was just straight up impressive. I don't, I don't care what what a, a ailment he had with his toe. You were seeing the Austin. He was just absolutely threading the ball through defenders, making it look so easy. I don't think there's a more uh, there's a quarterback in the league playing at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers and the Rams. What a disappointment! I mean, they weren't the, the score wasn't was uh, it wasn't all that close, right? You know, the Rams just never never got it going. I think the Green Bay Packers might be the front rows in the N- NFC led by an amazing season from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been ridiculous this season. Now, I was going to give bring out this stat for for uh, for Sam, since you know he has the Packers homer on the podcast, that Aaron Rodgers has the second best touchdown to interception rate in the season so far. person who's leading it would be, of course, his, uh, his NFC, what, NFC, um, what are they, the NFC North, North rival Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, but that would be, I've liked what I've seen out of the Packers, and I think it's a one or two, maybe even three leg race, horse race in that in the NFC so far. I think you got Rodgers and the Packers. The one thing that I am a little bit concerned, they don't really have necessarily a second wide receiver weapon that I trust 100%. Randall Cobb, I do trust a little bit. Like obviously, Devontae Adams, he's 1A, 1B, 1C. He's the first, second, third option. But then it's that next option that I really don't trust too much. Like Randall Cobb obviously has that, that connection, but he got banged up a little bit on Sunday. And then Alan Lazard, I just don't trust him all too much. And neither do I trust MVS. So we'll see now. We do have to give him credit. Now that run game is looking pretty dominant with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, that two, like two tandem backs that are both completely different, but provide something unique and elite. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do on that front, but I would say, you know what? My front runner right now in the NFC is my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they were my early front runner for at the beginning of the season to win the Super Bowl. And truthfully, I think this is a two light, this two horse race. I think these are the two top, division teams. Now I understand you can make a division uh, argument for the Cardinals. We haven't really seen Kyler Murray in a couple of weeks. They were on by last week, but I liked what I saw out of the bucks and what they did. They covered on the road, something they hadn't done all season. And of course it came at my demise as I took the Colts plus three and a half Leonard Fournette takes in a touchdown with like 18 seconds remaining. 
and I just face palmed. But the Bucks in that run game looked good. One concern, they didn't really get Mike Evans going, but it doesn't really matter because they had Rob Gronkowski back to five, ten years ago, Rob Gronkowski, and they looked dominant. So I, I liked what the Bucks. What did you think about the Bucks this weekend? Uh, absolutely. You you mentioned Rob Gronkowski. You know, I, I'm telling I'm, my family, they're, they're Bucks fans too, right? They're from Florida. So it makes sense that, that they tuned in heavy for this game. And I was telling them, I was like, Rob Gronkowski is actually the difference maker for that offense because not only is he Tom Brady's security blanket, right? You know, every clutch third down, Gronk's pretty much open across the middle. He seems like he always is, but he's also really good at run blocking. Leonard Fournette wasn't getting contact until like five yards plus, uh, you know, with Rob Gronkowski on the field down blocking. I mean, he's, he's an absolute tank. The, that offense looks a lot better, and they are getting Antonio Brown back, something you didn't mention. I, I definitely like the way the Bucs' uh, offense is trending. We, we never had really concerns there. It's the defense. And you know what? They tightened up when they needed to against the, the Colts. That was a really impressive victory to me. Now, you can, you can kind of say, Colts, why aren't you running the ball with Jonathan Taylor more? And I, I agree with that. I mean, come on. That was a boneheaded move uh, to not run the ball with, with Taylor as much as they did. But that being said, Bucks are trending up. Same with the Packers. I think I think it wouldn't be crazy to say those are the one and two teams uh, in the NFC that that should be there uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, both teams should easily win their divisions. After you know, you saw the NFC South. You thought maybe you know the Saints could really you know maybe try to creep up on the Buccaneers, but not after what we've seen the past couple of weeks. They are on Thursday night football this weekend this week against the Cowboys. More on that in a little bit. But yeah, I think this is, I mean, these are two dominant teams. Now we'll see. You now you, I mean, right now the Cardinals got the, they got it in the bag. If they want, if they went out, they get the number one seed because of their record. But still, I don't know. It's going to be close. I would pick probably these two teams over that Arizona Cardinals team to make it out of the NFC and potentially match up in the NFC championship game. And just like they did, did they match? I can't remember. I know they match up in the playoffs. Was it in the NFC championship last year? Yep. The, yeah, it was okay, when they didn't give right when they kicked the field goal instead of letting Rodgers attempt the fourth down or whatever it was in the red zone. Yep. So, I mean, hey, that would be awesome. I mean, nothing gets better than watching Rodgers and Tom Brady go after it in the playoffs. I mean, two of Absolutely. probably two of the top four quarterbacks of all time. I mean, I, I don't know exactly, maybe talent wise, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was insane to watch both those teams do it. And yeah, you're right. The Bucks defense finally kind of you no, know, it wasn't great. Giving up yeah. 31 points is not, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games giving up 31, but Still, they look decent. They get they got those stops when they needed to. And really the biggest thing, this was on the road, a place they have struggled all year long. Props to them for getting a win on the road. And yes, you're right. Rob Gronkowski, probably the best blocking tight end in the NFL. Now let's move on. Do you have any other takeaways you saw from week 12? Anything else you think we should bring up? Um, on, on the AFC side, I liked, I liked the bounce back performance we got from the bills. That, that, that was all the way on Thanksgiving, absolutely going in the Superdome and, and smashing the saints. That was an impressive victory for them. I think they once again, kind of reasserted themselves up at the, up at the top of the AFC. If we're talking AFC chiefs still will probably be there. Um, yeah, I mean, again, we, we talk about it every single week and I don't want to harp on it as much, but the NFL a lot of parity this year, right? There's a lot of teams in the mix for those final playoff spots. So it's going to be really interesting to see who, who takes, you know, who asserts their dominance. You know, you, the two teams you and I mentioned, Bucks and Packers, I think uh, kind of took a step up above the competition this week. Yeah, and I can attest to that. The Bills really came out and dominated that Saints team. I had the Saints spread. It was a bad week spreads-wise in Oof. NFL. Yeah, rough one. We won't talk about no. that much here. Nope. Um, but still, yeah, the Bills looked good. I mean, they got a big, big, big game this weekend on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. That's going to be a telltale sign for who we think could come out, win not only the AFC East, but potentially the AFC as a whole. Like you mm-hmm. said, the Chiefs are bouncing back and look better. They were obviously on a bye last week, so didn't really see them play, but those seem to be the top three teams right now. The Ravens have kind of been faltering after Lamar Jackson's four interceptions on Sunday night football. But yeah, it would take about that. Now, final takeaway, New York Jets, wrong thing, wrong hand. They're back. Finally got a win. <laughs> win again. We got win. Hey, Sam's not here, so I got to say it. New York Jets, uh, back, baby. Uh, no, and joking, that was probably our last win of the season. That's fine with me. As long was- as the Seahawks keep sucking, then that's fine. That was such a that was such a Jets win, you know. They, it was it was so ugly versus the Texans. I feel bad for anybody that watched a minute of that game. And I also I kind of want the time I invested in watching the Seahawks on Monday Night Football back. You speak of bad teams, is it crazy to say? Speaking of Jets and Seahawks comparison, I think the Seahawks offense at its state right now is a worse offense than the Jets. Call me crazy. They just couldn't convert on third down. It was absolutely wild to see. You know what? 
they're they're in trouble in Seattle. Truly, truly disgusting offensive performance till the very last drive when they, you know, of course, everyone had to sweat out that bet if you were on either yeah, side. Yeah, but. yeah, they can get lost, man. They they really just did not give you any hope for Seahawks money line or plus one or whatever yeah. you got their spread at. And then of course they score a touchdown just to stab you right back in the heart. They yep. like, they turned the knife a little bit and they were just like, yeah, fuck <laughs> exactly. it, man. This exactly. Yeah, they, yeah, you're right. They, I want my time back. I want my money back. I did not. We didn't deserve that. And I have to say, I don't think it's a hot take. I think Pete Carroll, this will be his last season coaching the Seattle Seahawks. Not that he doesn't, deserve, could. you know, the coach any longer, but it's just they need to change the scenery. They need a new coach in there, revitalize the system. And yeah, you're right. I mean, you're, the Jets' offense has looked better than the Seahawks' past recently, and the Jets' offense they can convert stinks. a third down. <laughs> it stinks, and I, I don't look at the final time of possession stats, but I know at some point it was 41 minutes for Washington and only 15 for the Seahawks. That's like, crazy. Not winning games like that unless you get like nope. three defensive scores, which Seahawks' defense it ain't like that. So, man, it exactly. was a weird week in the NFL again, but. We're going to move on and we're going to talk about some college football now because yeah. Sam, Sam doesn't follow any college football. So we normally don't bring it up, but Logan and I, especially Logan, he does the picks on the channel. So make sure you're showing more love on those. He needs some more views. He deserves that. He deserves it. We've been yes. giving out you guys some winners. And this weekend we got conference championships. So we're going to talk about kind of the college football playoff as well as some coaching mm-hmm. turnovers. Cause there's been a couple big coaching hires over the past couple of days, but I want you to talk about this weekend, this past weekend in college football. What was your biggest takeaways from it and kind of go from there. Yeah, back-to-back winning weeks on the College Football Picks channel. I'm just saying, thanks for the plug. We need, we need some love over there, NBA and NFL. I get jealous of all those atten- the attention the pro sports get. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to do well this weekend. But it was really crazy watching that Michigan-Ohio State game. You know why? Because I was in Columbus, Ohio, you know, with, with my girlfriend's family. And I'm telling you, they were absolutely nuts for their Buckeyes. And they were down bad when exactly what I, I said was going to happen. Michigan is a team of destiny this year. That being said, watch out, Michigan. I, it, Iowa is, no, is nothing to, to be played with. I mean, Iowa is just a gritty, grinded-out type team. I don't think they're going to roll over for Michigan by any stretch of the imagination. But we saw, we saw, you know, weaknesses definitely with a team like Alabama playing around with Auburn. I mean, that that game shouldn't have been close. Yeah, I, I was on the wrong end of that one in my spread pick because man, Alabama's offense just looked really stagnant. Definitely some holes there, and they got a big showdown with with Georgia. I'm curious to to know your thoughts. Yeah, I know I, I know you got a, a few ties to Georgia. What do you think is going to happen in an SEC championship game? I've seen this story time and time again, where Georgia Bulldogs look good, they look dominant, and then they match up against Nick Saban, who's might have been you know, going up and down, and then they lose outright. And so, it would not surprise me to see Alabama lose outright. And, you know, it, it wouldn't be something I, – I know people will be hammering Georgia. They're the wagon. They're undefeated. Hammer them. Hammer them every single time. They're going to win again. Their defense is – I don't know exactly the numbers. Their defense has given up zero points all year. I, I, that's not the yeah, real number. Yeah, it's crazy. Their, their defense has been dominant. You look at Alabama, that offense. What they score? Nine points prior to overtime? <laughs> Maybe exactly. even less. Like, they were terrible last week, and they do have some holes. But I think Alabama bounces back. You know, Nick Saban, he game plans. They're going to they're gonna pound that stat. Kirby Smart, his ex-assistant, Nick Saban assistants, his record, blah, blah. They're going to spam that stat at least 25 times during the broadcast on a Saturday night. Um, yeah, so I'd probably ride with Alabama. I think it will be a good game. And, of course, it will complicate the college football playoff. And that's exactly what always happens. You'll end up seeing Cincinnati get the boot out of it just because that's what they do to a group of five teams or a group of six teams to be yeah, well, no, group no. Of five power six conferences. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, Cincinnati, because, you know, I, I feel like some somehow some way they are going to be left out of this. Again, I, I don't think it would be bold of you to say that that Alabama could beat Georgia. I mean, Georgia, you know, they you know, they they played a really, a really solid you know, schedule all year. But have they faced have they faced this big adversity kind of thing? Like, let's just say against Alabama, theoretically, they're trailing at halftime or something. Yeah, Alabama's been there before. They're 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 a, t- a team that's that's well coached. I I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm putting a little bit of doubt in that one. But yeah, look, a, a team like Oklahoma State, if they come out and press in their conference championship game, could leapfrog them and leave Cincinnati fans so hurt. Right? That those those little those little guys, the non-power five schools, uh, they're definitely yeah, they're definitely in in a, a position to potentially get hurt. But it, 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 the rankings were just released, and it is exactly how we had it on our on our pre-show list: Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Alabama as the as those top four. So there's outside looking in. You got Oklahoma State, 
and you got Notre Dame. And guess what? With Notre Dame, yep, coaching change. Brian Kelly, no more. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on on that? I I'll go back to Cincinnati for a real second because I am rooting for them hard to make the college football playoff. As a UCF <laughs> alum, I'll move my head and put put the UCF alum uh, flag. Yeah, I went there and. First, I got to say rest in peace to Otis Anderson. He did pass away oh, last night, which is terrible as he was, he was one of the primetime players when, I mean, you watched, you didn't go to UCF, but you watched Otis Anderson a ton throughout his college career. So tragic accident that happened over the, over last night, uh, Monday night. So hate to see that pay my respects to his family and hope everything's okay. Um, but in terms of college, let's get back on a positive note. I really want Cincinnati to make the playoff, but as a UCF alum, I know they always want to leave us out. So, you know, if Alabama comes out and wins, they're going to put Georgia and Alabama in Michigan. As long as they don't lose, they'll make it as well. All it takes is okay state to go out and dominate and potentially Cincinnati to struggle against Houston. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if they somehow sneak in and then Cincinnati and just face bombing their whole time. But as for Brian Kelly, talk about a weird, weird kind of thing. Now he's one of the bigger coaching changes. And I don't think, I mean, I haven't looked at hundred percent of his stories, but I don't think he's coaching the rest of the year. So they're going to be, they don't have obviously have a game this weekend, no conference championship, but God forbid they make the playoff. Who's their coach. <laughs> do you, do you know who their coach is? I know, I know uh, Oklahoma no. state, which we'll talk about Lincoln or Oklahoma. We'll talk about Lincoln Riley in a second. I know who they're filling in, but what do they even do if they make the college football playoff? Well, I, I'm just going to say that the math isn't great for, for Notre Dame making the playoffs, but I mean, it, it, it I'm just looking at I'm looking at where he's going to, right? Obviously, you know, he's leaving Notre Dame behind. I feel like Notre Dame's an attractive job, right? They'll 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 get a, a pretty good filling coach, potentially Luke Fickle of Cincinnati, what we've been talking about. And that wouldn't surprise me one bit to see him go there. That that's like a dream job for a lot of coaches. Um, but Brian Kelly going to LSU, of course, is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you know what? LSU is, is one of those teams that that if you look at if that that's a that's actually a national championship winning program, right? Ed Ogeron. That, that that's that's his voice right he, he he's just a raw and is that you <laughs> yeah i mean he's not he's not one of those coaches that that you look at and, and immediately think intelligent so if ed ogeron can get a, a national title uh why, why not brian kelly brian kelly's got the pedigree uh certainly with notre dame to to get lsu back to that uh you know championship type standard so it's a really good hire if you're if you're talking lsu as a florida gator fan I, I, you know what? I'm a little jealous because, you know, LSU and Florida do play each other uh, every year. But Florida did hire Billy, Billy Napier. I'm excited to see what he does with the Raging Cajuns. He, that, was, that was a really good uh, program. He, he's, a, he's obviously a program builder. Changed the culture of Florida. That's all I ask, right? Dan Mullen had a, had a high-flying offense. Not a lick of defense was played. So you, gotta, you obviously got to address the defensive side of the ball, and you got to stay up with recruiting, right? Georgia uh, and Alabama have just been dominating the SEC recruiting pool. Florida needs to get back on on track with recruiting. Billy Napier should be able to do that. Now, I'm curious. The other, the last coaching uh, big hire, Lincoln Riley to USC, uh, obviously going out to LA. They gave him everything he could ever want and more. Yeah. All access to the private jet. We'll buy you an LA mansion. They they really did give him everything. What are your thoughts on on Lincoln Riley to the Trojans? His contract and the tweet I saw was just comical. Yeah, you you mentioned 24/7 access to the private jet. I was like, "Why?" And then they also bought him a 6 million mansion. They're paying for his Oklahoma homes like 500,000 over asking price, so he gets a million dollar bonus. I was just like, "What are they What is this?" But hey, Props to Lincoln Riley securing that bag. So not only one, he secured the bag. Prop, clap, give him a clap. Round of applause. Number two, he got the heck out of the SEC, which they're going over to in a couple of years. <laughs> exactly. And got the heck back into the Pac-12, which is such an easier conference. I don't care what, and I I don't even like rooting for the SEC. You know, I, I don't off camera. We normally just call you SEC bias left and right, yeah, but exactly. they don't want the smoke in there. You look at Oklahoma the past couple of years under Lincoln Riley. It's all offense, no defense, and that doesn't work in uh in the sec you can just ask josh heupel that and he'll learn that over the next couple of years you can't win just playing no defense you can ask Ole miss that that's what Ole miss has been doing all year this year yeah mm-hmm. so props to him securing the bag getting out of the sec and going to the pac 12 probably an easier and he's all the way on the west coast now he doesn't have to recruit against the sec powerhouses in the east and california's got a lot of elite talent for football wise so i'm excited for him can't blame him one bit for going there. I kind of feel bad for the program, Oklahoma, because I'm sure he's promised a lot of those top-ranked recruits, you know, we're going to get farther and farther. We're looking forward to the SEC. I'm sure he played a big role in getting them to the SEC as well. But stuff props him. Can't blame him at all. I'm curious what he does with that USC program, which is kind of pretty much – I don't know their exact stats, but they've, they've struggled over the past 
I don't know, five to 10 years. So excited to get them back to dominance because Lincoln Riley, one of the best coaches in the, in the, in, in the NCAA. I'm excited to see what he does with that program. And yeah, you're right. That contract shake my head. <laughs> it's cushy, ain't it? I makes you think just, you know, why, why can't we be coaches? Yeah, maybe right? we why, should why stop making we... videos and start going into coaching. You know, I've seen yeah, like Brad no, Stevens, no. like Brad Stevens, the now the what general manager or whatever of the Boston Celtics. Yeah. I think he started as like a grad assistant. Slowly inched his way up. Maybe we could be. Why like not us? Riley. Yeah. <laughs> why, not, why not us? That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. But no. It, yeah. It, yeah. Last point, though. Like you said, <laughs> Pac-12 greater sign SEC as far as you know the the cushiness of the job. Lincoln Riley definitely playing Oregon, right? Oregon and UCLA is probably going to be his toughest uh, opponents in in the Pac-12. Maybe Utah. Um, but yeah, this it's definitely definitely a great great gig. Uh, get get out of town, Oklahoma, right? <laughs> All those recruits, th- those recruits are dropping like flies. So you kind of mentioned that. Yeah, that's the, that's the college football. People forget about it. It is a business as well. It's not the pros, um, but it, it still is a business at the end of the day. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's that's the name of the game, especially with the NIL and all these players earning contracts and stuff like that. Like that's adding a whole nother d- dynamic into college sports. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the next five, 10 years transforms. We'll see how Oklahoma's pro- like program kind of trans kind of transcends the next couple of years as they transition to the sec. I mean, they still have that pretty good quarterback. What is his last name? Williams. He, he looked pretty good. Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler yeah. transferring, getting out of town too. It's a weird day to be an Oklahoma sooner fan, but I mean, you can't be mad. You guys had a bunch of dominant dominant years over the past five, 10 years, especially with Lincoln Riley. So we're going to move on, kind of switch back into some NFL talk, but also answer some questions from you guys. And the first one we're going to start from, I thought it was funny, and it was from Sneakerhead, the Sneaker Nerd. Now, he sent me a ton on Twitter, but I'm going to start with his one that I thought was hilarious. And, Logan, I'll let you answer it. Is the NFL rigged? <laughs> well, if you're if you're betting the NFL, you'll swear to yourself that it is rigged, right? That From a betting perspective, there's a lot of – when you know the point spread, what I always tell my, my, my family who doesn't gamble, I was like, sit down and just – look at these numbers for me, look at the point spread, look at the over under and tell me how they get it right on the dot like that. But I'm, I'm going to answer this in kind of two parts. One, I don't believe it's rigged from the player perspective because to get 11 players on each side of the ball to rig it is, is absolutely, you know, that's, that's no, that's not possible, but there are some coaching decisions that if you're ever going to rig the NFL, you can say, hmm, right? I, I point back to the Eagles. Remember last year, and everyone's like, why did the Eagles go for two? So many people got burned on that. Vegas made the call. Vegas made the call. Yeah, it makes you think, though, right? Doesn't it? I mean, I'm not saying it's rigged by any stretch, but questionable things like that can make you swear it's rigged. But at the end of the day, these are grown men. These are these are millionaires uh, playing a sport. So, I don't know. It, it, it makes you not want to be on the side of the public, though, for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, now I do know, don't know if you're mentioning the, referencing this Eagles game, but I do know the one you might be talking about was the Eagles-Buccaneers game earlier this season when they were six-and-a-half-point underdogs. They were down eight, and they scored, a, well, they scored a touchdown to go down by eight instead of kicking the extra point. They went for two for absolutely no reason, but they ended up covering the spread and losing by six points to the Buccaneers on Thursday night football. I remember that vividly. Uh, well, um, I was talking about the Eagles game. I think it was the e- Eagles Seahawks game of last year. Might have been a Monday night game, but I just remember everyone and their mother had like you know Seahawks spread, and and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was Seahawks. Don't quote me on that, but I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, same same th- exact thing. But so I think yeah. NFL rigged in terms of player stamp. I mean, I'm not going to come on here and say you know the NFL is completely rigged, but you could I could see an an, an ex- explanation for it. Not only the NFL, but also you could say the NBA. Like last year, we I was just betting on the Rockets at the end of the year because they're against the spread record was so bad that I thought that, that they would rig it to make them cover. And lo and behold, they covered like five of their last six games just because, you know, that's how it'd be. Uh, but yeah, I think if you were to talk about coaching decisions and referees, because referees can really change the tide of a game. And I just mm-hmm. think back to that Cowboys-Patriots game where Cowboys should have, I mean, the Cowboys were a wagon. They were absolutely destroying teams. They went into New England and, they got every single call against them. And so you just kind of think you're like, Hmm, this seems a little fishy that they're getting, every, you know, you know, but uh, you know, refs can make a huge difference. I mean, a holding call here and there can just ruin the drive completely or knock you out of field goal range, things like that. So really refs would it surprise me in 15 years, if we find out a ref was getting paid money to kind of throw flags on a team. No, no, no it, wouldn't. it actually <laughs> would kind of, 
kind of solve a lot of questions and puzzlements I might have in my head right now, but I just thought it was a funny question. So thanks, Sneaker Nerd, for launching the question our way. We're going to move on to another one from DeSantis. He launched me a ton in my DMs on Twitter. And he asked, which bet is more reliable, over-unders, money lines, or against the spread? And I'm going to kind of tackle this, and I'm going to go with money lines and kind of over-under plays. Now, I say money lines because, and, and it kind of speaks to some, some injury concerns that I always get in the NBA every single night. It's like we bet a spread, and then a player gets announced out, and then you're just kind of screwed on that. But I think money lines are a little bit more reliable, which is what his question was, because I think regardless of, you know, if a small minor player is out or there, I still think those teams tend to win more often, but you know, against the spread, these lines are so sharp. You'll get, there'll be a six and a half point underdog and it'll finish on seven or six points on the dot. And there's nothing more frustrating than missing on the hook. So that's why I normally lean towards money lines, but also I don't like taking super juiced ones. So I think if you're at like a three and a half point underdog final, probably lean towards a more reliable money line option, but same thing with over-unders. I like those. I think they're a little bit more reliable, just easier to predict in terms of game flow. I really don't like betting against the spread. But what's your answer, Logan? Yeah, for me, it, for me, it depends on the sport, right? If I'm betting baseball, which I, I was heavy in the betting baseball, I don't like spreads. In that, in that industry, it's called run lines, and it's minus one and a half either way. So minus one and a half, plus one and a half. I don't love that at all. That I would lean money lines for you for sure. But on football, Football, I really do like spreads, and here's why. It kind of gives a blueprint of, of what, what, how I see the game going. Right Now, take, for example, uh, like you were saying, the, the Cowboys versus Patriots. When I see a spread like that, I'm like, why is this number, you know, why, why is it the way that it is? And then I also like to look at where the public is. Because, to be honest, you know, you can, you can be a square spread better, and you will lose a lot more than you will, than you will uh, win. That's just how betting is, right? Vegas, is, Vegas looks the way it does because of suckers sometimes like us, but real realistically uh, spread spread bets in football are definitely my preferred, uh, you know, go-to bet just because I can look at teams and I'm like, what spread looks off, right? Utah against Oregon in college football, Utah was favorites against the number, what three ranked ducks at the time. And you're like, why? Well, you saw why Utah blitzed them. So it, it, it really does. It really does come down to that. And, and yeah, I over unders, I swear I'm always on the wrong side of the over under pick the yeah. over, uh, pillow fight pick the under a million points scored in the first half that's just how it be sometimes yeah you do have bad luck on over-unders and I a can't terrible luck for that. I, and I, I understand you have ptsd and that probably triggered your, <laughs> your response to this question i guess i can kind of see your see your point now against the spread it does kind of give and it's normally how i look at my nfl spreads which truthfully at the moment you probably don't want to tell me on any of those but yeah i can <laughs> see you know you'd see spreads and, you, and that will even factor into my upset pick in a little bit which i'll get into but yeah, there's spreads out there every single day that just don't make sense. Like even today in college basketball, which we're recording this Tuesday night, so I have no idea how this game goes. But right now you have the Duke Blue Devils traveling to Ohio State. They're the number one team in the nation, haven't lost a game, taking on a four and two Ohio State team. Yet the Duke is only a two and a half point favorite. Something seems fishy. Would it surprise me if Ohio State wins outright, upsets the number one team in the nation? Ohio State's not even ranked. Let's keep that in mind. No, because that's what the spreads are. Just kind of, they when it looks too good to be true probably because it is. So that's what yep. the last thing I have to say. Now, there's another question he gave us was when's the best time to place your bets. And I want you to tackle this one a little bit and then I'll talk about it. And we start to only talk about NFL, not only like for Sunday night game or Sunday games, but also NBA. I'll tackle NBA. You tackle Sunday for NFL. Yeah. So NFL injuries in, in football are just so big, right? You, and especially in this in this weird COVID type you know situation, the last thing you want to do is spread bet a team and the quarterbacks out, right? You've seen in the NFL, seen in the NBA, those two things overlap for sure. So I'm always I'm always tempted. It's it's like noon uh, Eastern time on on a Sunday. That's my favorite time to place a bet. Yeah, you know what? The lines can change all throughout the week, but you know what? That's just part of it, right? You can look at the line movement, and if anything, maybe it will help you decide which way you want to uh, place a bet. So I definitely think Sunday morning sometimes, sometimes you just wake up feeling dangerous, right? I, I just place place a parlay and it hits. And I just said, that's because I woke up feeling dangerous on a, on a Sunday morning. I know it's corny, but the, for, for real, <laughs> I, I definitely think closer, closer to those kickoffs of the games in the NFL, you just absolutely have to. Yeah, I can agree with that. And probably the same goes for NBA. Now you see us getting wrong night in, night out for spreads in the NBA, because like even tonight, which like I said, Tuesday night, You'll see people could have bet on the Lakers to cover, and then LeBron James gets announced out just 20 minutes ago, right before the game tips off. Like you can't predict those things. And same for Damian Lillard. Like we took the Blazers spread. That was that's I don't want the spread without Damian Lillard, their best player. 
things like that. So normally I would say for NBA, I'd wait for the lines to come out because really, or lines, you know, as the injury reports come out, because really you don't know what's going to happen. And so if you would have bet like an Anthony Davis under earlier this morning, well, lo and behold, that line will now be like three to four points higher because LeBron James is out and you probably got a bad line than what you could get it at at the moment. But in terms of Sunday for NFL, it really could go either way because I could see both sides of the coin. Now you could bet early when like you think you have a big edge on a book and then you could see like you could bet, I don't know, Nick Chubb's over on right when it comes out Wednesday at mid afternoon, it could be 79 and a half yards. By Sunday, that line could be 91 and a half. Like it's things like that, that you might think you have a big edge on, but then also random things can happen. Like, I mean, even for instance, my Kenny Galladay under, I know I took Kenny Galladay under 50, 50 and a half receiving yards this past Sunday. And then lo and behold, Kadarius Tony gets announced out for, I don't remember his exact reason. I didn't expect him to be out. The line goes up to 57 and a half, which you could have even gotten a better value. He cashed both of them, but it's things like that, that you really can't predict. So normally I say, wait till probably the day of right closer to kickoff or tip off just to wait. I know you might be sacrificing some edge on some certain plays, but I think it's probably smarter safe than said. Yeah. For, for player props. Absolutely. The, and, and the, yeah, you, you get really big edges in the NFL. That's why, that's why you do your player prop research so early in the week because you know how much those lines change by Sunday. So definitely, I, I, would, I would place those sooner than later. But spreads, yeah, those, those things fluctuate all the time. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to move on. To, we got two more questions from you guys. The, the first one, we'll talk about Scott Snyder. He's a COS All-Star, so we got to answer his question. He asked, and I'll let you tackle it. Well, we'll answer, we'll answer two of these questions. Not only the first one. How many is how many sports books is a good number to manage? And number two from Eric Hausman on Twitter. Yes, best sports book that in your opinion. So I'll let you go. Right. So so for me personally, three is a magic number. I like I like three sports books. And if you know uh, the three in the industry, it's it's the big three, right? You know the FanDuel, the BetMGM, and the DraftKings. Those are my three favorites and, and my three go tos. My and you know what? As as far as sports favorite sports book. I do. I do default to Fanduel. It was also the first sports book I ever used. So I, you know what, I, I'm comfortable with that. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I would say probably you want to try to manage three or four. Now I, I know people in certain states don't have access to, you know, those main primary books. And if that's the case, then maybe only one to two is fine. But you never know the lines that you're going to get. And that's why we're sponsored by Odds Jam. We really appreciate all their support. And we'll have an Odds Jam video later this Saturday, kind of showing kind of more about their site. We also have a ton of sites on, uh, on we have a ton of videos about Odds Jam, super useful site. But I would say three to four. And yeah, I use the big ones. I use DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM. Even Caesars is a pretty good sports book as well. Um, all four of those are pretty good. They normally offer pretty good uh, bonuses. So we actually have a bunch of different like sportsbook bonus codes. I'll put the link down below. It's actually on Dimer's website. You can go check it out and use those codes if you really want to see what they have to offer. But my favorite sportsbook probably be FanDuel. I really like their same game parlays and their alternate like alt player props. Cause you know, I'm a big player prop guy and I love that they have all the alt lines. So in case you ever want to do a conservative play and not get caught on like the regular hook, then those are always good to kind of mess around with. So I would normally say FanDuel is probably my favorite, especially their same game parlay. Um, I think that goes unnoticed. Now, you know, DraftKings launched their own same game parlay option, but you do identical same game parlays on FanDuel and DraftKings. The odds are so much better on FanDuel than they are on DraftKings. It's really weird, like the the math behind it. It makes no sense, but I would lean towards those books. Any other thoughts on that? Well, it's just about, it's about promos, right? If you're juggling multiple sports books, you're like t- trying to take advantage of, of promos on each and, and, you know, all those, all those sports books want your business. So, you, I mean, you take advantage of them when you get a free $10 bet for a same game parlay on FanDuel. I mean, you do it. And, and that's, that's the, that's the appeal uh, certainly to having multiple books. Yeah. And there's a reason that these promos keep coming out that are insane. Like yeah. really go check out the, the dimers.com slash COS link in the description, because there you could just even peruse it. You don't even have to use the sports book links there, but they put out the promos and some are like a thousand dollar risk-free bet. Might as well send it out on something. You really never know what can happen. So if you have the money to kind of open up and have three to four to manage, probably smart for lines. Cause a line on FanDuel could be completely different from a line on DraftKings or Caesars or BetMGM. BetMGM is super slow to react to injuries as well. So normally that's why I keep them there. Cause like if LeBron James gets ruled out, like he did on Tuesday, on Tuesday night, they don't really remove those lines that quickly as a FanDuel. FanDuel's already got it removed that before even LeBron <laughs> gets announced out, they're like, what? Insider, <laughs> insider info, info yep. for real. <laughs> um, so the final, we're going to talk, tackle this question. I'm curious if it was from, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Ahmad Rita Reda. 
yes, for the most overrated NBA team. I was curious if you had an, an opinion on that. Um, okay. So, you know, we're early on in the season, but yeah, we're about a quarter yeah. of the way through the season. So calling it yeah. overrated now, you know, we're only 20 games or so in. Yeah. But I don't like how this team started. Right. I don't like how the Los Angeles Lakers started. I'm just going to come out and say it, right. It's a weird experiment trying to fit Russell Westbrook into this, uh, already ready-made team with LeBron James, obviously, you know, he's battled some injuries this year, Anthony Davis, Anthony data Davis, Right. Everyone, everyone knows he, he has his own injury concerns. It's just a weird mix of, of, of players, to be honest. I, I think I think further expectations. Right. The way I interpret this sort of question is like which team is, is most likely maybe to be sent home early. And I, I really could see the Lakers. Right. LeBron James can only do so much. Um, Anthony Davis can only do so much. Russell Westbrook's a turnover late in the half and gets in 10 of those per game. But I, I, I think I think them. And you know what? Early on in the season, against the spread, they're terrible too, right? I don't need to tell yeah, you that. Worst team. Ben Lakers, you're yeah. you're losing you're losing the shirt off your back. But I I, I think early early on, not, not overreacting a ton, but I don't like the way the Lakers have started. I can respect that. Now my most overrated team, and we're pretty far into the podcast, so we don't know how many people are still listening. But if you are a fan of this team, I'm sorry in advance. I'm gonna say the Chicago Bulls. Um, and I could say my New York Knicks, but truthfully, I don't think my Knicks are that hyped. But I think the Chicago Bulls and their fans are a little bit overhyped. More, so I want to temper expectations. Now they're currently sit second in the Eastern Conference. They're fourteen and eight, and they're you know they're six and four over their last ten games. So they kind of faltered since their early on start. I just don't think this team has as high of a ceiling as people and fans might think. Now, when I think about this team, I think of like a I don't know five six seed. They're going to be behind the Nets. They're going to be behind the Bucks, And I think probably the Heat as well. And you never really know about the Sixers once they get healthy. But I just don't think this team is as good as they have been playing so far. Now, I do like Lonzo Ball. I like the additions they made. Obviously, Lonzo and DeMar DeRozan are playing super well. Levine's playing well. And obviously, Nikola Vucevic out there cashed our best bet of the day on Monday. So, wrap it up for him. But so it's just a team that I don't necessarily think is as good as their record indicates. And I think as the season goes on, that will show. This is a team that... That is it just not, I just don't, they're good defensively, but they just have some holes and they don't have a lot of interior size. So I see them going up against a team like the Bucks, team like with the Giannis that you can't, they don't have anyone that can match up even close to Giannis. They used to have Patrick Williams, their star second year sophomore, who was very good defensively. Well, he's out for the season. So it's tough to see them beating a team like the Nets or a team like the Bucks consistently in a seven game series, even a team like the Sixers who hasn't played well in this postseason, but we'll see that that team's still new. Same with the Miami Heat. So it's just, I'm not going to necessarily say the Bulls are trash. That's, I'm not going to say that. They're still make the playoffs. They're still a very good team. I would just say as a Bulls fan, if you are a Bulls fan out there, temper expectations, because I, I think they're, they've gotten off to too hot of a start, and I think they're due for a little bit of regression. Yeah, no, that's that's very – look, we're, we're early on in the season, right? Just – just pump the brakes a little bit, right? It, it's hard. It's hard to just jump in with a with a team piece together like they were and just be good all of a sudden. They're they're starting out really good. I I love what Demar Derozan is doing, right? You know, obviously with the Spurs, he, he's just doing those that night in night out quietly, but he's getting more more press, obviously with the Bulls. So yeah, I I, I can't disagree with you at all on that. Yeah, Demar Derozan's been great. So props to him. He's had a really kind of resurgence. Not that he was bad with San Antonio, but a resurgence of like, hey, yes. don't get at basketball, guys. So good, good for him, but let's move on to week 13. We're going to give our upset picks, talk about Sunday and Monday night football, and then we'll wrap up the show. And Logan, I'm going to let you start with, with uh, your upset pick. Now last week you, you missed, but you were, you know, you had a chance. You had the Vikings, you know, it, was, it wasn't as bad as Sam's pick, the Titans. And that's why we had to give him the boot off the program, but I'll let you kick this one off this weekend. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been up and down on these upset picks, right? The, at least I'm getting close, right? The Vikings were in the same zip code of a win. Uh, Titans, not so much, but this week, I'm going with a team that looked terrible last week, terrible on Thanksgiving. Yes, the New Orleans Saints plus 172 versus the Dallas Cowboys. Look, this is the Thursday night game, and and I just absolutely think this this game is going to be a big Taysom Hill game, right? I'm not I'm not quite certain of his injury status, or I'm not quite certain where he's at, but he's slated to start. It's time we're recording this podcast. He's slated to start. I think he's going to give Dallas defense some problems for sure. I like I, I like that offense uh, actually run by Taysom Hill a little bit more than the Trevor Simeon scramble and do whatever the heck he's doing. <laughs> they don't have any wide receivers. The, 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 the problem is with the, with, the, with the Saints, they don't have the weapons needed to be an aerial assault team. So what do you do? You take you, you just ground and pound method. Uh, you win ugly with a Mark Ingram. Don't know if we're getting Alvin Kamara back, but we're, we're going to we're going to see a, an ugly type game. 
Saints playing at home, obviously got the home crowd behind him, obviously uh, playing the Dallas Cowboys with a banged up Zeke, right? We, we're not, we're not sure of his injury status either. Plus 172, that's decent value uh, for, for the home uh, Saints in this one. Yeah, I like where your head's at. Saints wronged me last weekend, so I'm ready to get wronged again. I, I'd ride the spread <laughs> in this one. We'll see exactly what I go with on Sunday or on Thursday night football because we'll have a separate video probably posted later tonight on Wednesday night. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. Um, but I like the pick. Now, last week, I cashed. I cashed. Gave you Broncos. You didn't have to split yeah. that. They were up like 28 to 7. Broncos plus 130, plus 140 winner. That was just an easy game to pick. The Chargers are just a weird team. Although the Chargers probably win this weekend against the Bengals. But my upset pick makes no sense. So close your ears, or not close your ears, just close your eyes, listen up, because it stinks. And we're riding with the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 176 against the Ravens. Now, yeah. on paper, this game is just <laughs> bleh, barf bag. It's barf bag, because that's what this pick is. It's a complete stinker. But these are two teams, a lot of history together. And Big Ben last week, yeah, he was terrible. He was absolutely abysmal. The Steelers got absolutely boat raced by the Bengals. Is you bet Steelers money line or even plus three and a half, whatever their spread was, you should Venmo request them your money back because you wouldn't even have a chance. It was like Sam bet uh, Steelers as his upset pick. That's how bad they were. Uh, but but <laughs> <Got 'em. laughs> I still think they got a chance this weekend because here's why. This spread, it, it, this fits the category. It makes no sense. You got the Ravens. Sure, Lamar Jackson, four interceptions, Sunday night football didn't look good. They only covered because Ryan Mountcastle was in attendance. But the Steel, they still are the better team than the than this Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think the Steelers, they got beat up. They're going, they're going to bounce back in this one. They're at home where Big Ben, I don't know his home road splits, but I know on the road he ain't good. But at home, he's much better. We'll be at home. Now, I don't think they'll get the running game going. Probably bet Najee Harris is unders. Um, but still think that the Steelers will bounce back and win this one. Now, I don't think they'll be – I think T.J. Watt will be out this game. I think he was put on the health and protocols list. So, don't love that. But I'm going to ride with the Steelers plus 176. Give it to me. I'm riding with them. I think they've upset the Baltimore Ravens just because it's, it makes no sense. Yeah, you know, the, the, I, you're you're struggling to convince me on it, but I the only blind faith I would have is that the line doesn't make sense, and you expect probably people to be heavy on Ravens, right? This is just a – blind fade the public type pick you know <laughs> obviously with what we see in these division games though kind of like what on thursday night football where anything can happen weird weird out outcomes happen same happens with divisional games steelers versus ravens you mentioned the history there yeah i don't it wouldn't shock me one bit actually to see the steelers win in this one yeah i i it's hard it's hard it really is hard to disagree with you uh if we're just doing some some I mean, straight yeah, up the pick stinks the picks pick stinks from just yeah. looking at it it's just like do i have a ton of confidence in the steelers no will i make no. them an official play in the video no i'll probably just ride with their money line and hope for the best but so i think they have a <laughs> chance in this one and you know mike tomlin one of the best coaches in the nfl and you know after a big blowout i just think he'll rally the troops and big ben can't possibly be worse right he can't be worse than he was on sunday it'd be or tough can. for him to be worse i mean yeah, it would be really tough so <laughs> we'll see lamar jackson did struggle last week and so we'll see how they do but still it's the steelers at home you never can count them out and yeah you're right it's a divisional game you just you never know what those you saw last week and like you had two teams going in the opposite directions you had the eagles trended up giants trended yeah. down giants won outright they were the home team just never know with these divisional games. So all right with the Steelers in this one. Now let's move on to Sunday night football and Monday night football when we we'll wrap it up. Uh, Sunday night football, we got Broncos versus Chiefs. Broncos traveling, taking on the Chiefs. Don't know Teddy Bridgewater's, Bridgewater's status right now. Chiefs minus 10, over under 47 and a half. What's your pick? Yeah, so this, I'm kind of going back and forth in this one. I don't know of Teddy Bridgewater's health status at, you know, at, obviously early in the week. But I'm going to take Chiefs minus 10. And I know that's a lot of points to, to lay against, I know, obviously a divisional opponent like we just spoke about. I just, I, I like what I've seen from their offense. I don't think the Broncos have the, the offense to get, I, if, if this turns into a shootout, RIP Broncos, RIP anyone that, that bet them, because I, I think this one could get ugly. They just have a lot more offensive talent. I trust, look, it's, it, it's contrast to styles here. You got a, a team that, that, Prize themselves on defense, running the ball in the Broncos. You got a team that just wants to go aerial assault in Chiefs. Yeah, I, I just think the Chiefs uh, out, flat out outscore them. Would have some shocked me to push this one, though. Minus 10, that looks, that looks about right, Vegas. I, I think you're doing a good job on this one. But I, I would just go ahead and, and take Chiefs minus 10. Yeah, I can see where your head's at. I'm not, I don't necessarily want to make a spread pick in this game, but I think the under, I, I would take the under in this one because look at the Broncos. You're right, the Broncos offense, you know, 
not the greatest in the world. And the Chiefs offense, despite, you know, their talent, they haven't really been scoring a ton of points recently. And so, sure, they're coming off a bye, and I don't know Andy Reid's record off a bye, but that would normally lead me to take the Chiefs minus 10 because I think they cover pretty frequently. I don't know Andy Reid. I'm sure someone will tweet out Andy Reid's status after or against the spread after a bye. He's normally pretty good. Of course. One of the best in the NFL. But I like the under just because the Broncos, I think, will rely on that run game and that defense to keep them in this game. And the Chiefs' defense quietly hasn't been terrible over the last, you know, yeah. three, four weeks. It's been it's been middle of the pack to pretty above average, kind of quieting that Cowboys offense two weeks ago. Now, granted, they were down Amari Cooper, banged up Zeke Elliott, and, of course, C.D. Lamb gets knocked out with a concussion. So not a lot of guys really out there for the Cowboys, but still, I'd, I'd like the under, and I'd lean towards the Chiefs, maybe do a little bit of like a same-game parlay teaser kind of with the Chiefs, minus three, and then the under 40, 54 and a half, something along those lines. I think we got a chance in that one. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, like, Sunday I like night it. Football. Uh, let's move on to Monday Night Football, then we'll wrap this baby up. Um, it's like we talked about earlier, Patriots traveling, led by Mac Jones, traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills, led by Josh Allen. Logan, I want you to take away because you've talked about both these teams pretty frequently. And you're, although we do not have Sam, I'll give a spiel right here. Mac Jones, best quarterback in the AFC East. Take the Patriots <laughs> plus two and a half. You'll get a free money. Yeah, well, that and and Sam is what we like to call a square better in this one, right? Is somebody that's, that's going to lose you some money and sell you bad information. The Bills are going to win this game. The Bills are going to cover. Why? Well, first of all, they're playing at home. Obviously, Buffalo has a, has a pretty good home uh, advantage in there. And if you're just looking at the, at the spread, they just lost their top corner, Tredavious White. You know, all, all, the, all the logic and all the common sense says, pick Patriots. They've been playing so well. Bill Belichick is just, just rolling. But you know what? Josh Allen is, is due those, those types of performances that made him uh, such a favorite to be the MVP. And he, actually, I think he's like second or, or, or something behind Brady. Uh, so he's still up there, and he, he's still – uh, that offense is capable enough uh, to to certainly give the New England's defense some problems. Now, I mean, that being said, who are they going to take away? Right, the whole the whole Bill Belichick thing is we're going to take away a weapon. Well, you, okay, fine. You take away you take away Stephon Diggs. That's okay because you still got Emmanuel Sanders. You still got Dawson Knox. They have enough talent offensively uh, to outscore the Patriots. And and you know what? If the Patriots are playing from behind, that's not a position they want to be in. I think I think game flow in this one is going to dictate it. I I'm going with bills minus two and a half. Yeah. You know, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and I'm, as, as I, as I make my spiel, I'm looking up Josh Allen's record against the, against the Patriots. But I do think yeah. when you look at this game on paper, I can see why a lot of people would ride with the Patriots. I don't know their margin of victory the last five weeks, but they've won six games in a row when I think the last four by 20 plus points, they they've dominated teams and you're right. Bill Belichick has been scheming up defenses. Like there's no tomorrow. And he's been on a roll and they've been dominating teams. They just blew out the Titans, which Titans were without their three best offensive weapons. So whoop de dee but still it's, I think the Patriots are due. Mac Jones has to be due a bad rookie performance. He just has to, and it could happen against his Buffalo defense. I mean, Buffalo, sure. They're down Tredavious white, but still one of the best defenses in the NFL still still Tremaine Edmonds, one of the best covering linebackers and tackling and, really run stuffing linebackers out there. Still have elite corner or safeties as well. So I could see the Buffalo Bills. I'd ride with the minus two and a half. Just think, you know, they'll find a way. The last time they were at home, yeah, they have, they got beat down by the Colts. So they can't, they can't come out and get beat down again. They just can't. You can't do that to your fans two weeks in a row or two, you know, two home games in a row. So I'd ride with the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Bills have won two in a row against the New England Patriots. Now, the last one they did win, in they won last year in November same time frame they won by three points exactly against the Patriots so how was with Cam Newton at the helm so yeah uh, you don't it's, love that no it, it's certainly you know it, it's certainly one of those like I said it's a contrast of styles right we we, we know we know what the Patriots want to do it's kind of like all right it, it is kind of like the Titans right I I question the Patriots ability to play from behind right if 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 the Bills get some explosive plays early, can't you can't you see you know the Damian Harris's and the Ramondre Stevensons that that type of offense doesn't work if you're trying to put the ball in Mac Jones's hands too much? He still is a rookie quarterback. Could the could the Bills scheme up something for him? Absolutely. That's why I, I am trusting Buffalo in this one. I I understand all the signs you know and everything points you to Patriots, but you, you sometimes you just got to dig a little bit deeper. I think that's what we're doing here. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Now I'm looking at the stats from last year. So part of me looking to the right. Now, the last time they played in Buffalo, I think the New England defense was just completely uh 
fine, we'll let you run the ball. You can't pass it because the Buffalo Bills ran it more than I think they've ever ran it under Josh with Josh Allen at the helm. They had Singletary and Zach Moss with 14 carries apiece. It's Josh Allen 10 himself. They only threw it 18 times compared to 38 rushing attempts. I have never right. seen them do it that much. And we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. And you're right. I think that's Patriots team, very similar to that Titans team. Once they get down, I just don't have a ton of faith in Mac Jones to to come back, especially against a very good Buffalo Bills defense. It'll be one of the best games of the week. Glad we finally get a good Monday night football game because finally, yeah. Seahawks Washington football team. That I can get lost. <laughs> that game sucked. That was miserable to watch. And I didn't even watch most of it. And it was still miserable just even seeing it on my timeline. <laughs> no, I, I I hear you on that. But finally. You know, a couple primetime games. I like the Sunday and Monday uh, slate this week. We're in for, we're in for a treat this this week. I'm I'm certainly excited. Yeah, it's there's a lot to be excited about, not only for for football this weekend, but also for the call on our shot channel. Because like I said, we passed fourteen thousand subscribers. We have our live stream coming back. I didn't mention it at the beginning, but live streaming back every Wednesday, powered by Dimers.com. Check out the link down below. Dimers is sponsoring the the call on our shot channel. We appreciate them. Like I said, we have a sportsbook landing page there that you can go check out. Maybe get some free bonuses for you guys just for signing up for different sportsbooks using our links, exclusive sign-up bonuses. But yeah, there's a lot to be excited for on the call on our shot channel. Any final thoughts, Logan? Uh, no, well, I just kind of what you're mentioning, the whole live stream thing. That's that, that's kind of the full circle of everything. That's what you started with. And it's only fitting that that we're bringing back the live streams. This is a, this is a very exciting time. Uh, to be part part of calling a shot. I love this community. I love doing uh, these podcasts for you. And I, I, you know, it, all the all you loyal people that have been with Austin and I this time. Again, thank you guys. Uh, we're growing so fast, and it's just such a great uh, time to be a part of this channel. Yeah, it's a great time to be alive. We did not expect uh, this much love and support you guys continue to show. So keep sharing it with. Keep, keep make sure you're downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, that that link is down below in the description, as well as that link to Dimers. Uh, landing page but yeah there's a lot we'll be starting the live stream just so you can mark it on your calendars every every wednesday 6 p.m eastern time we're gonna be just for about 30 minutes we'll talk about nba betting picks talk about my slate versus other things i've considered we're looking at dimers projections on their website we'll be doing a lot of fun things and it's going to get better each and every week so we'll be doing it the rest of the nba season a lot to be excited for and we're closing hopefully we can get hit 15,000 subscribers so we're going to get a final push to say is today is December 1st as we're record as we're posting this. So it's December final push 31 days. I don't think we can get to 20,000 subscribers, but we'll be danged if we don't at least try our best. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love where we're heading 20 K on the horizon. I, I love it. Yep. Fun things to be excited for in 2022. Maybe even some call on our shop merchandise coming in soon. Ooh, who, who knows? Don't tease knows? me like that. Jeez. Hey, hey, I'm <laughs> the, the, all the tips come out once we get rid of Sam. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you just never yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in the whole podcast. We appreciate you guys. Um, If you're this far into the video, um, comment below. I don't know. What do you want them to comment down below? If they're watching on YouTube, that is. Yeah. If, if you so if you're watching it on YouTube, uh, Comment your favorite sports team. I want I want to see everyone's favorite teams out there. Yeah, I like that. So comment your favorite sports team. Go Jets. Um, this has been the Call on Our Shop podcast. We'll catch you guys again next Wednesday. Hopefully we have Sam back. If not, we're going to keep riding it out. We appreciate you guys. Click that subscribe button, download the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's been Austin and for Logan. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.